Entertainment expands your horizons, takes you on fantastic adventures, challenges your skills. Independent media never looked so good. Welcome to a new sphere of influence. Our words mean business. Traditional families are honored, and the American flag still flies. Greetings, everyone. Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, and welcome to the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. You gotta light them up before they burn it down. Hey, greetings, everyone. Lieutenant Colonel Alan West. Welcome back to the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. When we look at what is happening in the United States of America right now, we are engaged in a culture war. And, of course, uh, the great Andrew Breitbart said, politics flows downstream from the culture. And so you see a lot of these policies being implemented. But where is the American church? Where are the pastors, the ministers? Well, we got a great guest with us this wrote a book about that, and that's Eric Metaxas. Eric Metaxas, my dear friend, was born in New York City in 1963 on his father's 36th birthday. And Eric grew up in Danbury, Connecticut, which, as you know, that is the great letter that Thomas Jefferson wrote to the Danbury Baptist Convention of Danbury, Connecticut. He graduated from Yale University. At Yale, he made a literary splash as editor of the Yale Record, the nation's oldest college humor magazine, and a subsequent literary, literal splash when following the 99th Yale and Harvard game, he commandeered a successful effort to throw Harvard's goalposts into the Charles River. Kind of like when Tennessee, we beat Alabama, we threw the goalposts into the Tennessee River. Metaxas is the number one New York Times bestselling author of Bonhoeffer and many other books, including Is Atheism Dead, Martin Luther, Amazing Grace, and Letter to the American Church. He has written more than 30 children's books, including the bestsellers Quanto and the Miracle of Thanksgiving and It's Time to Sleep, My Love, illustrated by Nancy Tillman. His books have been translated into more than 25 languages. He is the host of the Socrates in the City show and the nationally syndicated Eric Metaxas radio show, the show about everything, which also airs as a weekly television program on TBN. Metaxas has conducted interviews with an eclectic mix of guests, including film director Ron, Gibbs, Ron Howard, Mel Gibson, and Morgan Freeman, as well as such figures as Peter Thiel. His writing has appeared in the New York Times, the New, the New Yorker, The Atlantic, and many other publications. My friend Eric Metaxas, welcome to the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. Well, it's an honor to join you. Uh, and of course, today we're talking about a very serious subject. Yes. Uh, we're going through tough times in this country. And the, the book that we'll be discussing, Letter to the American Church, I wrote specifically uh, because it is the role of the church to speak against the evil mm -hmm. uh, that has come upon us. And uh, a lot of people are not getting that memo. So I thought uh, I needed to write this book. 
Well, I think it's so important because, as uh, you said, silence in the face of evil is itself evil. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. God will not hold us guiltless. And I remember the uh, one of my favorite rock bands is Rush and the song Free Will. It says, if you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. So how do we get to this point where the American church, that strong foundation, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, I don't care, they have gone silent in the face of this evil that has been progressing to the point of where we are today. Well, first of all, I want to say that some people are familiar with my Bonhoeffer book. Yes. Uh, in 2010, I wrote a book about one of the greatest figures in history, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, mm -hmm. who was a German pastor who understood that it was the role of the German church to speak against Hitler and the Nazis. He knew that, and he tried to get the German church to understand this, but many in the German church chose what we can call silence in the face of evil. Mm -hmm. They had a lot of these kind of pathetic religious theological reasons for their silence. They basically were saying, well, this is not our lane. We want to stay in our lane. We just want to preach the gospel. We just want to do church. And Bonhoeffer said, that's not how it works. Biblically, you're commanded by God to be a voice for the voiceless, uh, to stand in the gap, to help those who are suffering. We cannot be silent. The church should be at the forefront of speaking against the evils uh, that are arising in Germany at the time. But many people really couldn't understand that. They have this religious view of the faith, religious in the negative sense. Mm -hmm. And that view has pervaded the American church as well. We don't want to be political. We don't want to be divisive. Uh, we quote Romans 13, just as the yes. German church quotes Romans 13. They think it's very simple. It's very open and shut. Well, of course, that's nonsense. There's a whole Bible um, that in some ways counteracts their interpretation of Romans 13. We are supposed to be God's hands and feet in the culture. And when we see evil arising in any fashion, we don't care if somebody says, oh, you're being political. We're supposed to say, look, I'm being Christian. I'm doing what God called me to do. Uh, when we think of the church uh, standing against the slave trade, I wrote a book about William Wilberforce called Amazing Grace. Yes. It was profound Christians because they understood the Bible. They said God is against human beings treating other human beings like this. It came out of their understanding of the Bible. that They stood against the slave trade. And many people at the time said, oh, you're being political. You should keep your faith separate from politics. Um, we know that most of the people who led the abolition movement in our country were profound Christians. Mm -hmm. So the idea that you could keep your faith separate from politics is nonsense. It's not a biblical idea. And the reason we are where we are in America today is because a lot of Christian leaders have um, shamefully bought this idea that we're not supposed to be divisive, we're not supposed to be political, uh, even when it is clear that God would have us to speak against injustice, against corruption, against bad ideas, yeah. having no southern border. Uh, whatever the bad idea is, God calls us to speak truth fearlessly. Uh, when the church failed to do that in Germany, the results were one of the greatest nightmares in history. If the church continues today in America to fail to do that, we're going to see unfolding 
uh, a similar, if not worse, nightmare. It's already happening. So the parallels to Germany are so dramatic that I said I have to write about it. Well, the thing is, and I find it so interesting that you were born and raised there in Danbury, Connecticut, because when you go back and you think about the letter that Thomas Jefferson wrote to the Danbury Baptist Convention, where he talked about this concept, this ideal of separation of church and state, it's not something in the Declaration of Independence, it's not in the Constitution, not in the Federalist Papers. But what he really wanted was that the government did not intrude into the, the faith of, of the country. It did not intrude into the church. But what we see happening now today, Eric, to me, is that the progressive socialist left has made their religion, their ideological agenda is their religion. And if you don't get on board with their religion, then they attack you. Uh, and they have completely gotten the separation of church and state concept wrong. Am, am I correct in that? Yeah, of course you are. And I, I feel really proud to have grown up in Danbury, Connecticut, long before I ever heard of, of, of Jefferson's famous letter. But yes, the point of his letter and the point of what we do actually say in the Constitution is that the church is independent. The church is free. The government has zero say on what the church's can do. In fact, the founders understood, I wrote a book called If You Can Keep It. And in my book, If You Can Keep It, um, I, I explain that all of the founders knew that unless you have robust expressions of faith, of religion in American life, we will lose our freedoms. That somehow, unless we have a virtuous population filled with faith, we cannot sustain our freedoms. Those ideas have drifted away uh, in your lifetime, in my lifetime, and people seem to think we can have what Richard John Newhouse called the naked public square. We can, we can purge uh, religion and faith out of the culture and we'll still have freedom. Well, guess what? You won't, you can't, and we're already seeing it now that authoritarian government um, makes war on God and God's people and God's values. And we become a nation that is America in name only. We're no longer the, um, the free America that we once were because this concept is at the heart of it. Freedom of religion, that people would live out their faith in every sphere. So in the book, Letter to the American Church, I make it clear that there are no boundaries. If you have faith, you take your faith into politics. You take your faith into the culture. You take your faith into medicine, media, wherever you are, you're supposed to take your faith into those places. So when the government says, uh, uh, your faith has to stay in a little religious corner, that's the kind of Christianity they have in China where, you know, you, you do your little business in that building over there. And when you come out, you bow to the secular authority of the state. That's the antithesis of the founder's view of religious liberty. It's the antithesis of of, of America, of what America is. So the genius of our founders to give us true religious liberty, knowing that this is going to unleash beautiful things into the whole culture. Right now, we have people that are at war with that, authoritarian government forces, uh, mostly on the left, but also many in the church. And I wrote this book for those in the church who are going along with this lie, with this misconception that we're not supposed to be political, that the church is not supposed to get its hands dirtied. When, when the German church fell for that lie, it opened the door to hell on earth. And as the American church falls for that lie, it is doing the same thing It is happening right now. And that's why I, I firmly believe God 
called me to write this book yeah. because this is an absolutely, it could not be more of a crucial moment in our history. If the church in America does not wake up to its responsibility before God right now and begin to be an active church, speaking out against various kinds of evils, transgender evil, uh, critical race theory evil, all of these things which are atheistic and harming human beings. If the church doesn't get involved and openly speak about those things, we will lose everything. You know, it's interesting you talked about liberty and freedom because in the Bible, in 2 Corinthians 3.17, I think, it says that the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Uh, so that's a foundational thing. And you're not mentioning religion. You're talking about the Judeo-Christian faith heritage as being that. JR here with the Veterans Ranch. We provide equine therapy services to veterans and their families in Florida and the great state of Texas, and it's always free of charge. Equine therapy is very special in that it helps veterans build a bond of trust with an animal inherently born not to trust anyone. This helps them release burdens and walk off a new and improved version of themselves. Our veterans are suffering with PTSD from their time in service. Sadly, the daily veteran suicide rate is on the rise and other veterans are struggling with the transition from military to civilian life. The Veterans Ranch is here to serve these veterans and their families through these issues for as long as they need us. Your call to action today is to go to theveteransranch.org and hit that donate button and make a one-time or monthly pledge. Your precious gifts will relocate our headquarters to North Texas so we can serve five to 10,000 Texas veterans and their families each year. TheVeteransRanch.org. This is Susan Hamilton with the OBBM Network, and we are proud to partner with At Ease Veterans Magazine. It's the only magazine of its caliber written by veterans, for veterans, reaching over 40,000 subscribers with perspectives in health, business, and life. This gorgeous coffee table magazine is also available online. Subscribers love reading At Ease Veterans Magazine, and you will too. Go to AtEaseVeteransMagazine.com and subscribe today. You know, in Romans 12 and 2, which comes before Romans 13, it says that we're not supposed to conform to the world, but we're supposed to transform it through the renewing of our minds. Where did you see this, this break happen when all of a sudden pastors and uh, ministers got timid uh, in the church, in the pulpit, and they started to, you know, adopt a lot of these cultural uh, stances. Is there a defining moment in, in our uh, 20th century that you saw that happen? There are many defining moments. I will, I'll tell you that, first of all, let's be honest, there's always been a tendency within the church, within people of faith, whether you want to go back to the Pharisees mm. in the first century who opposed Jesus, that religion is often tainted with these bad ideas, with fear, and with religious reasons for doing something that's the opposite of God's will. But in our country, you know, you could look back uh, during slavery times, you had a lot of people from the pulpit afraid to speak out on this issue because they said it's not a gospel related issue. We're just gonna focus on the gospel. Well, what kind of a dead gospel are you preaching in your church that you will not speak up for your fellow human beings mm -hmm. against this abomination? That goes all the way back. So you've always had people that were bravely speaking out of their faith 
and speaking truth on these issues. And there's always people that said, well, I don't want to do that. I don't want to lose some of my parishioners. You know, I don't want to lose. There's a big tie there who sits in the back. If I bring that up, I will lose that money. So they're fearing man and not fearing God. In our country, there are many markers. In 1954, when Lyndon Johnson mm -hmm. um, imposed this new law and the tax code, that if you speak politically from the pulpit, you could lose your tax exempt status. That was nothing but a big government threat to muzzle the voice of God, to muzzle the voice of God's people. When the church in 1954 didn't raise holy hell over that, yeah. that was a moment because that got baked in to, to church culture. Oh, we don't do politics. We don't want to lose our 501c3 tax exempt status. And you think, wait a second, you are going along with something that is totally wicked. It's not just unchristian, it's totally un-American. It has nothing to do with the founder's vision of our religious liberty. But we often in America, you know, every culture has a good side and a bad side. Our bad side is, our good side is that we're nice and generous. Our bad side is that we're nice and we go along with things that we ought to be strongly standing against. And that's a classic example where a lot of uh, pastors and Christian leaders said, you know what, we don't want any trouble. Just like the German pastor said, we don't want any trouble. We're just going to go along with, you know, the crowd. We're going to go along with whatever they tell us to do. It is exactly your job not to do that, to lead the way, to be a leading voice against that, to be a leading voice speaking in our day against transgender, uh, against um, open borders, uh, against corruption in government, election fraud, uh, whatever it is, we ought to be at the forefront of, of speaking about these things, about raising these issues. And so there were always going to be people that are timid. There are always going to be cowards. The question is, and that's why I wrote the book Letter to the American Church, the question is, can we wake up enough people in time? We know in Germany, the German church woke up too late. It was Wait. too late and it was game over. And the evil that transpired because they insisted on sleepwalking for five more minutes, we're not going to take pay attention to this, it was fatal. And that's where we are today. We have a lot of Christian pastors who refuse to talk about all the stuff that everybody else is talking about. They act like, well, that's not that's not my lane. It is your lane. Uh, I often quote Abraham Kuyper, the Dutch statesman and theologian. He said, there is not one square inch of all creation over which Jesus Christ, who is sovereign, does not say mine. So you can't say, you know, Jesus, you stay in that corner. Christian, you stay in that corner. We are to bring our faith into every part of the culture. It's God's mandate to us. And guess what happens when we do that? We bless people. We bless people who don't even agree with our faith. Uh, when we abolish slavery, uh, we care for the poor. So it is our job uh, to be vocal on all of these kinds of things. And I make the case uh, in my book, Letter to the American Church, to say this is biblical. This is not my point of view. Yeah. This is what God says. He's always been saying it. And there are various times where we miss it. If we miss it, as we are now missing it, and the way the German church missed it, uh, we are going to reap the whirlwind. We're going to see that the judgments that are falling on us now are just a foretaste of, of really evil things. So it is up to Christians specifically to understand this is what God is saying and you will be held responsible. So please get it right.
You know, in uh, Isaiah, I think it talks about how the government is set upon the shoulders of Jesus Christ. Uh, I think that we need to understand that as, as that foundation. And also, I think another thing that people don't understand is Romans 13, where it talks about Christians being subject to government. It's about being subject to righteous government. I mean, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they did not bow down. Daniel did not bow down. So we should not bow down to the whims of, of man and this ideological agenda which goes against our basic, you know, faith heritage. And again, things which are right and true. And we should not be out there murdering unborn babies. We should not be out there talking about mutilating our children and their bodies. Because basically what you're saying is God was too dumb to get Adam and Eve, male and female, right. And uh, we can just take it over and build a new Tower of Babel and do whatever we want. So what gives you, I guess, encouragement? Uh, that we will not be like the German church, that we will not be too late. Uh, is the Calvary going to come? Uh, you know, and, and how has your book been received out there in the, uh, the body of Christ? Well, I'll be clear that uh, we are right now on the knife edge. I mean, if the people listening to us have this conversation understand that they, they themselves need to repent of even supporting a church that is being silent in the face of evil. Find another church yesterday. If people will take this seriously and understand it is Germany 1933, what you do today is going to affect the future. If you don't do something today, it's going to affect the future. So my hope is that that Christians will understand the time is now, not in a couple of years from now. It is right now. Tomorrow, it might be too late. I'm not exaggerating. So I am cautiously optimistic um, because the response to the book has been almost unbelievable. I've never written any book that has been received this way, that has sold more. People are buying multiple copies, giving them to their pastors and, and that kind of thing. And I'm telling you, folks, if, if, if your pastor is not moved by this, if your pastor is being silent on these issues, get out of that church, run out of that church like it's a burning building because where we are in history, when you read my book letter to the American church, you will see how late the hour is. It could not be later. Uh, and so we're on a knife edge. It's like being in, in, the, in a pitched battle and you don't know which way the battle is gonna go. It, it literally depends on you. What you do today in the battle may change the tide of, of history. And I'm not saying that for effect, that is true. It was true in the revolution as George Washington was fighting. He didn't say, hey, we got this. No, he, he, they, they were probably going to lose. But if they had providence on their side and they fought with everything they had, God might give them the victory. That's where we are now. So I have hope, but we are really, really in a battle. And if people don't get involved themselves in the battle, we will lose. And, you know, in the Revolutionary War, we had many pastors who formed a Black Robe Regiment who led regiments out there in that fight because they understood that they were fighting against tyranny. And Sir Edmund Burke once said, all that is necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. Eric Metaxas, where can people follow you? Where can people get the book? How can people tune in to your show over at uh, Trinity Broadcast Network? Well, I, uh, I ask people, please to go to my website, it's ericmetaxas.com. Uh, we have a study guide for the book letter to the American church if people are studying this in their small groups. Uh, but if you just go to my website, ericmetaxas, 
Com. Uh, I send out a weekly newsletter with all of my interviews that I do. I interview tons of, of interesting people. Um, uh, most of it does not air on TVN because I've got a, uh, a national program on Salem Radio. So if people just go to ericmetaxas.com, they can find everything there. And thank you for asking. Well, I want to thank you for what you're doing, because if there is to be a difference made, I think that your book, Letter to the, Letters to the American Church, will be that difference in changing the course that we're on here in the longest running constitutional republic that the world has ever known. So Eric McTaxis, God be with you. God bless you. And thank you for joining us here at the Staff Ass and Loyal Podcast. Right back at you. Thank you so much, Colonel. Take care, brother. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for joining us on this episode of the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. A special thanks to a good friend of mine, Eric Metaxas, for taking time out of his very busy schedule to be with us to share some thoughts, perspectives, and insights on the cultural battle here in the United States of America. As always, if you like this podcast, please click the like button and share it with others. And until next time, steadfast and loyal. Before they burn it down Entertainment expands your horizons, takes you on fantastic adventures, challenges your skills. Independent media never looked so good. Welcome to a new sphere of influence. Our words mean business. Traditional families are honored and the American flag still flies.